You are listening to That'll Preach, a weekly segment on the Four Oaks Midtown podcast. We are pushing the envelope on culture and theology. I like that tagline. It's been working one. it for a, a couple episodes now. It's it's very spicy. Not that much. <laughs> well, it's you know we're just trying to get people a little riled up, just yeah. a little bit, but not enough to really offend people. Right on the border. I'm okay with offending people. Well, of course you are. I'm Brian Zhang. I lead the college ministry at Four Oaks Midtown, and I also lead the adult education ministry. We have Paul Rezcala here, PhD student at the Florida State University, studying philosophy. Paul, how you doing? Doing great. You love saying the Florida State University. Yeah, is there another Florida State sure. University? No, there is one. Well, no, there's only one. Exactly. But, you know, you ever hear like the Ohio State University, the Miami University? Do people say that? Yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh. You don't watch sports. No, I don't. It sounds ridiculous. Gosh. Philosophers don't like sports. Go figure. We like intellectual sports. Mental sports. Mental jousting. Mm. Well, uh, we are going to be talking about... Another vice, we've been doing a series on the seven deadly sins, seven deadly vices, uh, really inspired by Rebecca DeYoung's book, Glittering Vices. Go mm-hmm. pick that up if you get it. Go pick that up if you get a chance. Great book. And uh, we're going to talk about wrath. Mm-hmm. That's one of the vices we're going to talk about today. And uh, this one, maybe it's one of the more obvious sins, being wrathful. Or is a- it? Again, a very sort of medieval kind of term. Well, that's a good point. What it, it, A lot of times with these vices, when we really study them, which is what we're trying to do, we're trying to name these vices and think about the root causes, not just the symptoms, not just sort of the garden variety, you did a bad thing, but what are the habits that we cultivate in our life that make these sins so easily committable, these patterns? Hmm. Because we're creatures of habit. We develop these sins over time and they become well-worn grooves in our lives. And so we have to be attentive to the root of these sins and that can sort of clear up the, the, the actions in our daily lives. So with wrath, it's not just being really angry and flying off the handle, though it certainly is that. Hmm. There's a lot more layers to it. Uh, so that's what we're gonna talk about. Why don't we start, Paul, talking about the difference between anger and wrath, because there are instances of righteous anger. We see mm. Jesus yeah. righteously angry at injustice, righteously angry at That's people right. blaspheming God. Mm-hmm. So, how do we differentiate between? Did you like that word I used? Differentiate. I learned that from you. Really? Well, no, but I, I'm just it's trying just to impress different you. Different plus E8 plus E8. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well done. Good job. <laughs> anger and wrath. What is the difference between anger and wrath? Well, you sort of did it already, so Stole I mean, your thunder. I'll just yeah, I'll I'll recap. Anger is not always bad. It's not inherently bad, as is evidenced by the fact that in the Old Testament, God is constantly angry at people for turning to idolatry, for breaking the law, for um, not upholding their end of the covenant. And then in the New Testament, you see even Jesus, who's angry a lot. He goes to the temple and he flips over the tables. He makes a whip out of his belt. Just like think about how like crazy that is. If somebody did that today in like a church or just even like in a random, we'd call that person like crazy. But that's, that's what Jesus did. So he's, he's expressing like wrath. He's expressing anger. Um, not wrath. He's expressing anger because of the like just flagrant injustice. Um, when Jesus tries to heal a man on the Sabbath, the man with the shriveled hand, The Pharisees are telling him that you shouldn't heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus becomes so angry at them that they cared more about keeping the letter of the law 
rather than like freeing this person from his terrible condition. So they totally ignored this person and um, their like reversal of priorities just makes Jesus so angry that like Mark's gospel, where Mark is usually just like super terse and short, Mark goes on to like give us Jesus's actual emotions. Jesus is angry at the Pharisees because of their lack of compassion for this man. So anger is not always a bad thing. Um, anger can be bad, but it's not always bad. It can be bad if it's directed inappropriately. So it can have a target that's not quite right. Or it can be bad when we are anger in, 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 a, in a manner or um, a method that's inappropriate. So we can be too angry or excessively angry or angry in the wrong kind of way. So it can have um, an inappropriate target or an inappropriate method and go wrong in one of those ways. Well, I mean, and the Bible uses wrath talking about God. And, and so maybe in the Bible, the language is kind of interchangeable. Mm. But I think for the purposes of, of just examining this, wrath seems to be more about something that is bad when we do it. Is bad when we do it. Yeah. Right. And um, I think that there's a, a helpful way of thinking about wrath being, you know, it's not about seeking justice or, or seeking the good of another or, or, or just defending something because it's right. Hmm. Uh, but more that there's an expectation or a desire that's been interrupted. And I right, think the right. young mentions that. And, and it's the idea that you, something that you want um, is thwarted. Mm, yep. And that leads to this emotional outburst of anger. And it's directed towards oftentimes the person who thwarted that expectation or desire. Look at you being all precise with the definition. Look at That's that. That's actually really good. I know. I was going to say the exact same thing. Well. Well done. It's like we have the same Great mind. minds. Wow. This is actually, <laughs> this is actually me putting on two different voices. Paul's not even here. That's right. <laughs> I just did that. That was me. I'm a ventriloquist. Anyway, <laughs> another thing that's interesting is how this obscures your vision of, of God, right? Mm -hmm. Because talk about, well, why don't you talk about the self-centeredness of, of wrath? That's mm. something that you, that, that you uh, talked about a little bit. Um, yeah. When you think about like, when am I like most often angry? It's when I want something to go my way and then it doesn't. So something gets in the way of me like actualizing or achieving something that I want. So it stems from like most of the times when anger gets misdirected or misfires, it's because like I'm just being really selfish. I'm looking at myself and I, uh, when somebody slights me or when somebody cuts me off, when somebody gets in my way, I see that as somebody getting in the way of my personal flourishing or happiness or something along those lines. Um, so there's a very like self-promoting dimension to wrath where I am, I am I'm caring about myself to the detriment of other people. Um, and then I tend to like justify my anger. So I get angry and then I go, well, it's because like, you know, this person cut me off or whatever. And so like the rationalizations that we offer are there to just like cover up our own selfishness. Um, sometimes we even like magnify the offense so that we can feel more justified when we're angry. We tend to like exaggerate the details of like how bad this person hurt me or slighted me or whatever. And then like in the cool of things, you look back at a couple days later or a week later, or one of your friends tells you like, you know what, like you made a massive deal over the fact, like, so what if they cut you off? Like it didn't warrant 
yelling or screaming or cursing or any of that. Like they literally just moved a vehicle in front of your vehicle and you lost like 0.02 seconds of your life. And you shot out their tires with a shotgun. Yeah. We, we don't like to talk about that one, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So like there it's like you, you magnify the injustice to make yourself feel justified in your anger. So it's, it's, it's self-promoting, it's self-focused, self-centered, selfish at its core. Um, so they're like, that's like, that's totally wrong. It's, it's anger stemming from selfishness. And that's one really easy way to misfire. Well, it puts you in the place of God. You become the judge. Right. And that, that's why it's very difficult in that moment to be godly. It's very difficult in that moment to have any kind of sense of God's worth. I mean, it, 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 it is mm. a kind of self-idolatry. Oh, yeah. You are trying to take the place of God. And one of the tests is you're not equally angered when somebody else is right, exactly. wronged in the way that you were. Mm -hmm. Right. And that shows that there's a bias towards yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's amazing how anger, it's, it just erupts in us. I mean, literally, mm -hmm. you feel like something just takes you over. Right. And, and, and all you care about is the offense. All you care about is revenge. And... Your brain shuts yep. down. I yep. mean, we've all felt that. Mm -hmm. You're literally blinded by your anger. There's a great book by Jonathan Haidt called um, The Righteous Mind. Righteous Mind. And one of the things that he talks about is that as humans, we don't think first and then feel. We essentially feel or we mm -hmm. have like a moral sort of feeling. Right. And then we rationalize it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were making these massive judgments, something triggers us, we get angry. And then like you're saying, then we try to rationalize our anger. Right. And oftentimes because it's emotionally based, we, we make one small thing. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. that could be resolved in a peaceful way. Right. And we right. magnify it. Yep. I mean, how many couples say, why do we even fight about that? That was right. so stupid. Right. We, we blow up on all these fights mm -hmm. and it's just because in the moment, it seems in, so in big. In the moment, it yep. seems so big. Yep. And, uh, but that left unchecked can build resentment. Oh, yeah. That can build feelings of hatred. And, mm -hmm. and that can really dissolve even the strongest relationships. Yeah. Um, which is why self-mastery is so important. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about self-mastery? Yeah. So uh, this is one solution or one like practical way to, to begin shedding ourselves of anger and wrath. Self-possession or self-mastery is, you think about anger, anger tends to like... Uh, take you by the horns and direct your life or direct your behavior in a given instant. Um, so you often, we say things that we don't mean, we often erupt and it's out of character for us. And the reason that like these things are so like, we would have never done that with a clear mind or a clear conscious or whatever, but anger almost like inhibits our judgment, distracts us from what we want to do or know we should do. <clears throat> so self-mastery, self-possession is like um, a virtue or a habit where like, in the same way that Christ was like perfectly balanced in all of his approaches to things, he got angry only when it was warranted and in the right way, but it was never something that seized him and controlled him. He could rein it in and he knew exactly how much was warranted um, so he could do it in the appropriate way. Self-possession is just that kind of like self-mastery and self-discipline where you're not the kind of person who allows your emotions to get the better of you. Like we talk about passions and there are lots of passions and anger is one of these passions. So the passions are not intrinsically bad. They're bad when they master you. They're bad when they take control and cause you to act out of character. Well, you think about emotions as if you imagine a sailboat, mm. you, your emotions are like the wind, right? The, the, you want the, to adjust your sail so that the wind works for you. Mm -hmm. 
and serves your direction. But you don't want the wind to direct you. Right. Right. You direct it with the sail, but you don't let the sail get directed by the wind. Right. And so in the, in the same way, our will and our discipline, we have to have that self-mastery so that not that we ignore our emotions because that's a part of who we are. And sometimes emotions are good because oh, sure. you want righteous anger, oh, which yeah. is a good emotion. Yep. And you need that to spur you to action. But you want it to be controlled. Right. You want to have meekness, mm -hmm. which is the idea of having power under control. Right. Right. It's the idea of sheathing your sword. Exactly. You could you could kill them, mm -hmm. but you're not going to. Right. And you know you have the power to do it. You're dangerous enough, mm -hmm. but you're not but you're not uh, reckless with it and you are self-controlled over it. Yeah. Uh, what are some other ways that anger can manifest? Um, like, like for example, misdirection. Yeah. Um, we can, so yeah, the first kind we talked about was where anger has misdirected targets where you can um, you focus on yourself. And so there like, you've got a selfish kind of anger. You can um, direct your anger at other people who are not the appropriate targets of anger. So something, you had a horrible day at work and then you come home and you yell at your spouse. You're just irritable. It's so irritable. Everything can set you off. Exactly. Right. Or you've you know, you've got a busy day at home with one kid, your toddler's crazy driving you up the wall and then you yell at your older child right. when they didn't, you know, they're, you've, you've misdirected your anger. And that's, that's again, a symptom of this lack of self-possession where your anger has genuinely gotten the better of you. You don't want to scream at your spouse. You don't want to yell at your oldest child, but they're like, there's just like an overflow or an outburst um, where you're not able to contain it in the appropriate way. And that's just spillover or a symptom of uh, having this, this vice and lacking the requisite virtue of gentleness and self-possession. So these are things that we should cultivate. And some people just explode. Mm -hmm. Other people, it's just like a, a, a slow burn. Yeah. You're just you're just irritable the whole day, and yeah. you're making snappy remarks, and maybe you're passive aggressive. Oh yeah, and uh, but you don't actually ex you know you don't yell, so people don't maybe tag it as mm. wrath, but it is. Sure, it, it's just in a more covert form. Yeah, but people who are if you're just snappy, if you're always grumpy, you know, and just really just low key angry all the time, that's still wrath, even though you might not be exploding. Well, you can you can have also like anger that's directed in the appropriate direction, but also goes wrong in that you can be angered too easily, mm -hmm. or you can be angered more or less than what's required, or you can be angry for too long. So these are the three ways that like, let's say you did genuinely upset me, you violated my whatever, you backed into my car, and then you left a dent, whatever. I, I could genuinely be angry at that, um, but if I'm angered too easily, um, that's not good. I want to avoid that. I want to avoid like the irritability that you talked about there. And I also want to like not be angry more than what's required. So like going and like destroying your house and burning down your crops and whatever, <laughs> that would be a ridiculous. I am a farmer. So yeah. that would hurt me. That would be a massive over, um, disproportionate, uh, response to that or angry for too long. Like I'm the kind of person who I, in response to what you did to me, I just hold it and I'm bitter and I'm resentful for weeks and months and years and I don't allow myself to reconcile or to heal. Um, so these are three ways where like, we, I mean, we all struggle with these. Like we're angered too easily, we get prone to outbursts, irritability, or we're angered too much or too little. Um, you can be angered too little and that, that could be a sin too. Like um, you look at injustice in the world and you're not angered enough. You're like complacent or you're sort of okay with it. Or a congregation that's got, you know, um, open sin that's happening in some way and no one's wanting to deal with it there. You're, you're not responding appropriately to that violation of justice or someone's needs aren't being met and you're not responding to it in the appropriate way that that could be 
also sin, um, or just the being angry for too long. So you don't, we want to avoid all these different ways where anger is not intrinsically bad. It can be good. It's a good emotion. It's healthy in some ways, but it can go wrong by being misdirected, taking a different target or having the right target, but being, uh, bad in quantity duration or, um, the easiness with which it arises in us. Well, resentment is a huge killer of relationships. I oh, mean, yeah. I know in uh, John Gottman, he, he, I think it's his first name, John, or Dr. Gottman, whatever. He Just name dropping. Right. You know, he's my buddy. <laughs> but uh, he, he's done a, probably a foremost expert on marriage and, and relationships and mm. done a ton of studies on that. And one of the things that he could do is he could tell by watching a couple, he said that there were signs of, you know, this marriage is not going to make it. And one of them was resentment. And he said mm. he could tell physically if there was an eye roll, he said it's over, mm. right? It's very hard to recover from that. Yeah. And it's not that they're, and if you were to watch that couple at home, they probably wouldn't yell at each other. There probably wouldn't be a lot of fighting. Mm. That's because they've completely, they, they just resent each other. It's it's beyond the point That's of brutal. even fighting. That's brutal. And uh, so you can see if you nurse that bitterness, you nurse that wrath over mm. and over again, it rots a relationship to in many cases, mm. the point of no return. Mm. And so it's incredibly destructive. You got to nip it in the bud. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you think about Cain and Abel, Genesis 4. Mm. God tells uh, Cain, sin is trying to master you. Yeah. It's, it's like a tiger yeah. waiting in the bushes mm. trying to grab you. Mm-hmm. And then. It's that lack of self possession. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. people wonder, what did, what did Abel do that made him so mad? And why, why, why was the sacrifice not accepted? And mm. I go, you know, there's yeah. all kinds of discussions about Besides it, but, but one of the points yeah, yeah. is it, it, it's not rational. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it, there's no reason. Mm-hmm. It's just pure blinded by whatever. Yep. And uh, and <clears throat> you see in the first murder, it begins with that resentment. It begins with that hatred. Mm. And that is something that is in our DNA as people. Yeah. And that's why I think Jesus says that's the root of murder. Oh, yeah. If you hate your brother. Yeah. Right. I love a... G.K. Chesterton, he's got, he has a great quote. Uh, we have to love our enemies and our neighbors because they're often the, the same, same person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's true, you know? And, mm. and that's part of uh, part, part of life as, you know, a church body. Mm. Part of life is just, in any kind of relationships, you're going to have these moments of conflict. And yeah. having that self-mastery and being okay with, Humbling yourself is key to preserving those relationships. Yeah. Anger and resentment, just on that, um, Frederick Buchner, who DeYoung quotes extensively in the book, another theologian who writes in this area, he talks about anger as like setting up a feast where the thing that you're consuming is actually yourself. So Mm. he pictures like a skeleton at a table, at a banquet table, and what's being served is actually your flesh. So you are consuming yourself. What what this anger and bitterness does to you is it actually rots you away. It erodes your your sense of self-worth. It erodes your ability to relate to people in the appropriate way. Um, it just really like erodes your soul and it's damaging to you psychologically. And you read about the Proverbs that talk about how like anger is like the erosion of the bones and all this kind of language. So it really is like, um, the kind of taking poison and expecting somebody else to get hurt. So there is an element of like, when you're angry, when you're resentful, when you let this sit and stew inside of you, it actually is doing lots of damage to yourself. So giving it up is like super healthy. Well, sometimes one of our big struggles like self-hatred or self-anger. Mm. 
people who just, you know, you beat yourself up over every little mistake. Yeah. You think you're just the worst. You're just always condemning yourself. And, and that's not the same thing as biblical humility. Right. That's not the right. same thing as repentance. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that is essentially, uh, one, elevating yourself in a weird way. Right. Make you're the worst of the worst of everybody. Yeah. And then also refusing grace. Right. Refusing the whole meaning of the gospel, mm-hmm. that you're forgiven, that you're loved and that God is with you. Yeah. And I think that ties into one of the transforming moments for anger is when you see the anger of God in a strange mm. way, because God is angry at sin. Why is he angry at sin? Because he loves. Mm. He's angry at everything that would go against what's good. Right, that's exactly right. He's not right. apathetic. Mm-hmm. So why does he hate idolatry? Well, because it robs us of our joy and it robs us, it makes us slaves, mm. right? Why does he, you know, hate greed. Well, because it, it, it makes us self-focus and it doesn't take care of the people who need right. taking care of. Right. So God is against these things and he's angry about it. He's invested in good. He's not just sort of statically being like, be good, everybody. No, he, right. he is invested in what is true and beautiful and right and, mm. and just in in the world. But he's also merciful. Right. And I think he's he's slow, slow to, to anger, anger. Yep. even though he's the only one who has the right to mm-hmm. wrathfully just destroy us all. Yep. He doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So the one person who has the right to pour out wrath mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm. And he's patient with us. Yeah. And so what an example for us, you know, that we have to be as slow patient as people yeah. forget, you know, people think of the Old Testament God as just trigger happy. And I, and it's like you got to re- you got to remember the Old Testament's covering a long, long oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Right. God is is not like he doesn't exile Israel for thousands of years. Yeah. He still lets Solomon be king and die mm. in old age. You know, he he he's still really nice to Saul. Like, even though despite all that Saul does, Saul yeah. still, you know, has a pretty decent life. Yeah. I mean, God is incredibly patient, mm. you know, and and we're not like that. Yeah. And so when you look at the character of God, you see that he's passionate to lay down his life for what matters. Obviously, mm. you see that in Christ. But he's also incredibly gracious and not the trigger-happy God that we think he is. We're yeah. just not reading our Bibles close enough. Yeah. So the lessons we take away from God's anger there is God's anger is slow. God's anger is coming from a place of love. It's rooted in love. It's not rooted in... uh you know, I mean, it really is just, it's, it's rooted in love and it's aimed at the good or it's aimed at justice. So if we take those things and we apply them to our life and our anger, what are the situations where it's justified to be angry? Well, am I slow to anger in this situation? Am, am, I, am I giving room for grace? Am I giving room for this person to improve? Also, am I looking at What's going on? Am I focusing on justice? Is what I'm looking at, is is it an actual injustice in the world? Are are people's needs not being met? Is there horrible tragedy, Um, you know, whatever? Is is that the sort of stuff that I'm thinking about and that's driving my anger? And is it coming from a place of love? If I'm meeting all those conditions, then I've got holy anger, but very seldom are we actually expressing anger in those ways. Yeah, it's like most of the time- This guy cut me off or whatever. He didn't return my- I was going to say thank you card. Nobody sends thank you cards. I don't know. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I should have returned your... Yeah, Brian. Wait, wait. why would you return a thank you card? I don't know. I was... Yeah, that yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know. I'm angry at, at that. Yeah, that's, that, 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 was, that was pretty dumb. Well, this is a lot to digest. I think practically speaking, though, Yeah. you know, what are some things that we can do to curb our anger? Yeah, I mean... Or wrath? 
so I, we, we talked a lot about that self-possession, that, that gentleness, like, uh, practicing it, trying to become that yeah. kind of person. Yeah. The kind of person who one, well, now we're aware of like our tendencies. We know what it is that's driving us. Um, trying to bring that into our mind's eye that I am through the power of the Holy spirit. I've got the ability to control my flesh and some practical ways of doing that are, um, when somebody does injure you, nip it in the bud. Don't replay that episode in your mind over and over and over and over again. That just feeds the anger, the, the wrath, the, the tendencies, the resentment, the bitterness. Um, you might even like begin blaspheming God or going down a route where that anger is leading you to commit other sins, where you're blaming God, or you're now thinking about hurting this person. And we've all had like wicked thoughts to that extent of like, right. oh man, just like relishing in the thought of revenge or hurting somebody else. And that's like the exact opposite of what God wants for us. Um, and then also just a really practical thing. DeYoung talks about this in the book. Um, if you genuinely do struggle with anger, maybe think about having an anger journal or just write down um, at the end of your day, at the end of your week, where did I like have outbursts? Are there common themes that are triggering me? Um, and then look back at those a week later after you've cooled off, after you've had some time to chill. And I think for a lot of those, we'll notice that, man, those things that I got angry over were not that big of a deal. It's just totally not worth it. Have somebody else look over that list and go, you know what, Paul, like that, you got like massively angry for no reason. Um, you like, there was no reason to be that indignant. It was not that big of a deal. So separating yourself out a little bit and looking at your own behavior, being honest, being willing to self-examine, and then like trying to purposely focus away from yourself and focus on other people. Like where are the actual injustices taking place in the world? Like where do I see needs not being met? Where do I see justice being flagrantly violated? And focusing on those and, and, and praying for those things and having a heart that's attuned to suffering and others and that serious injustice rather than like looking inwardly at oneself. So I think all also, of these things, yeah. I think also watching what you complain about. Oh, I think yeah. that's for oh, me yeah. a big thing where my yeah. wrath comes out, mm. where things I'm complaining about and just that grumbling where it, it really you're you're angry at God. Oh yeah. You know, when you're when you're when you're complaining and grumbling mm. and acknowledging that that's what you're doing. Mm. And not letting the rationalization come in and yeah. saying, well, the, you know, but really going, no, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I, be honest I with yourself. do that. Yeah, mm. right. And thankfully God is slow to anger. Yeah. But you think about grumbling, that's what the Israelites faced. Yeah. And, yeah. and God was pretty peeved with them. Yeah. And uh, so that's something that we do need to take seriously and maybe is a little more, maybe a little more respectable. Sure. We're not yelling, but right. it's a slow burn of right. just... Let, venting it out in little yeah. sharp comments. So it's here easy to it. excuse it. It's easy to <laughs> yeah. excuse. Yeah. yeah. Difficult subject. Yeah. I mean, this but, is hard, uh, but it's very good for important. Us. Oh, and pray for your enemies. That's a big one too. Mm, yeah. yeah. Bless those who persecute you. I pray for you every night, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right, right. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, lot a lot, lot more we could talk about, but uh, if you are helped by this, we're grateful that you are listening. We hope to continue uh, talking about. Uh, some more vices. Again, this is just really for us to take an honest look at ourselves and also to find hope and find ways that we can grow mm. in our character and grow in godliness. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, leave a comment and uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already.